Google us today, or you just Google anything that says, how do I make money with my phone? You'll get 10, 12, and we're always the top two or three that says, these guys aren't a scam, you can make money. And so the average person might make 50 bucks in a month, but we had a person last year make $15,000. Welcome to the Authentically Successful Show. I'm Carol Schultz, founder and CEO of Vertical Elevation, a talent equity and leadership coaching and advisory firm. We partner with founders and CEOs to create talent-centric organizations, either where they don't currently exist or rebuild companies into talent-centric organizations. We are committed to supporting your vision and values by creating healthy, successful companies, leveraging the best talent, retention, development, and succession strategies. Listen at the end of the show for information about becoming my next guest on one of the most important podcasts for building thriving companies. Here we go. With me today is Rick West, co-founder and CEO of Field Agent, a provider of enterprise services that offers mobile research and retail data collection. Prior to starting Field Agent, Rick worked 16 years with Procter & Gamble in various assignments in the United States, Hong Kong, and Bangkok. Since leaving PNG, he has been a startup entrepreneur for over 20 years. He's a mentor and speaker within the entrepreneurial community and an active board member. He's also a member of the Global Endeavor Entrepreneur Web Network. Rick, welcome to the show. Carol, it is great uh, being on the show, and I'm glad we worked our calendars yes. out. Yes. You know, a couple of bugs, and now we are here That's together. That's right, and I'm always, I'm always delighted, uh, delighted to do that. So tell me a little bit, Rick, about the biggest problem that Field Agent is solving for its clients. Yeah, I think whether, you're, whether you work at retail or you have brands that are sold at retail, and it's primarily physical. Think of physical retail, quick serve restaurants to uh, you know, big box retailers. Okay. Uh, everyone needs to have data. And what we found is that most data was old. And when people also were able to purchase insights, they were based on recall. And what Field Agent does, it kind of democratizes that to a degree and gives us amazing scale and speed so that you can literally have data and insights that are near real time in virtually any location that has a zip code that has public access. Uh, so we've eliminated recall and uh, we've given people uh, data and they can literally be sitting in their office, their home office, and never have to travel to another store. Rick, when you say recall in this sense, what do you mean? Yeah. So if we were doing a survey today and you and I took that survey mm-hmm. and asked the question, uh, when was the last time you were at Starbucks? She would say, I was there earlier in the week. They said, great. Did you uh, choose to buy some food? You said, yes. So why did you buy that? You said, well, I'm hungry. <laughs> well, from a field agent perspective, uh, you'll be doing the same survey in, at real time. So you're saying, are you at a Starbucks? Yes, I am. I'm waiting in line. Okay. What did you buy? I bought a Danish. Why did you buy it? Got it. Because the person in front of me bought one and I could smell it. Okay. In neither case, you know, the first case, the person wasn't lying, but recall was, I think I just. Right. No, right. Right. I think any of us, any of us over. Near real time. I'm giving you truth. Right. And I think any of us over 40 can resemble that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, what did you have for dinner last night? I got to think about that for a minute, you know? Uh, Again, people are basing multi-million dollar decisions wow. based on recall that happened weeks, even months ago. Mm-hmm. And we're bringing that back in and saying, why don't you let me go out this week, talk to a couple of thousand people over the next two or three days, get near real-time information. And that's much, much better data and insights than pulling something from a Facebook survey or pulling something from from a Gallup poll from three months ago. So step me through an actual scenario, like where this is happening. I mean, other than the Starbucks, I mean, does the Starbucks person have to be using the app at that moment? And then all of a sudden they get a, they get a a notice. Oh, somebody wants to do a survey with you. Like, Uh, yes. And yes, there are, there are cases that we have surveys say, Hey, the next time you're here, pull up the app and answer. Got it. Uh, In some cases, you're going to get a push notification. You know, know, apps are pretty smart these days, Carol. They kind of, it's, it's kind of creepy. People know yes. where you are. Yes, yeah. it is. You know, you kind of, it's so, so there's that aspect of it. And so uh, a, a real example today is um, you're working for a large adult beverage company and adult beverage company is really trying to understand when people go to a restaurant or to a bar and they're going to buy an adult beverage, not only are they offered X, because again, those adult beverage companies are spending a ton of money 
not only in signage, but also training and the distributors are going into locations and they want to know what the experience is like. Right. So with Field Agent, I can give you real pricing because I'm going to take a picture of a menu or, or a placard. Mm-hmm. I can tell you, give you a photo of exactly what it looked like. So for example, with Red Bull and a drink, did they put the Red Bull can in front of you? Did they turn the brand outside so that people could see the brand? <laughs> right. I'm capturing real data there. And then I'm asking their opinion. And what was the engagement like? So now I'm doing a little bit of mystery shopping. So I get quantitative data. Yes, no on pricing. I get amazing insights, which is what's your personal opinion. And then I want to know the mystery shopping piece. And all that happens via the app while they're standing there. And in our case, I pay you for the information. I pay you for the beer. And you walk away just the happiest person in the world. I got a free beer and you pay me for, for my information. That's really interesting. So the, the, and we'll get, we'll talk more about this a little bit later, but your, your clients, they're looking for information to better market to their customers, correct? That could be marketing. Uh, It could be an operations person just trying to understand what the location looks like, or it could be a brand person that really wants to understand uh, for a beauty advisor in an Ulta, where they recommend my product or yours or an Apple store. Our AT&T store, do they recommend a Google phone, an Android phone, Uh or do they recommend an Apple phone? So they're trying to understand truth. And oftentimes the surveys is difficult. So I'm providing photos and video and an opinion. And I'm 100% certain that I have actual data in front of them. That's really interesting. So you you co-founded the firm in April of 2010. Uh, You've taken somewhere in the neighborhood of a little bit, uh, right right around $13 million over a couple of rounds. You most recently closed a venture round uh, just about a month ago. Um, What has your investors over the last 12 and a half years interested and excited about what you're up to? I think for us, it's uh, it's building kind of a hub and spoke. And we'll talk a little bit later about the marketplace we've created, which sure. is called plumshop.com. Right. And as we've started to grow, what we found with our clients, and, and Carol, if you call three of them today, they think they'd say the same thing. Uh, they love working with Field Agent. They, they love the team, the data, et cetera. I'd buy more from you if you had more to sell. So what our investors are coming in, so if that is true, then Rick, how do we provide... Uh, other opportunities like Simply Field, which is like a sister company. How, how can we fund you so you can make that acquisition? So now your clients, the hundreds and hundreds of logos that buy from you, you now have more to sell. And you know, in the tech industry, you can either buy technology, okay, you can build it or you can lease it. So in our case, we built Field Agent, all right? We purchased Simply Field. And within Plum Shop, we're also leasing where, in other words, we've got other providers that are putting their products on Plum Shop so that they can sell as well, as well and we get a commission from that. So we're trying to build an ecosystem that allows people to win at retail, regardless of what you want to do. And we want to make sure we've got all the products right there for you to serve. And that's what our, our investors are excited about. So, so since you brought this up, let's just talk about this now. T- tell me a little bit more about Plum Shop in this marketplace. Yeah, we, uh, I, I coined it as the Amazon effect. And so, so Carol, we, we have a generation over the last 20 years uh, that really through Amazon and other e-commerce retailers mm-hmm. have a certain expectation to be able to self-educate and self-select. Okay. I mean, you would never go to Amazon and click on a TV and say, okay, uh, have the salesperson call me on Thursday <laughs> so they can tell me about the specs. Right. And then after you go through that process, hey, now I want to set a meeting the week after and I want that person to teach me how to use it. Then I want the next person to then talk about price and then I want to buy it in four weeks. But that's what happens in the B2B world. Mm -hmm. So with Plum Shop, we took that Amazon effect that's happening to all of us today and we see that some of our clients that are younger in their 30s or so Mm -hmm. have come in saying, Rick, I really don't need three meetings to buy a ratings and review from you. I know what a ratings review is. I've already vetted you online. Mm-hmm. I've looked at all the five-star reviews and I understand it. I've watched your videos and your competition. I just want to buy from you. And so what we did with Plum Shop mm-hmm. is that it's, uh, in my, I would argue, the first B2B marketplace that you can click and go to a cart as opposed to click and go to a demo. So now mm-hmm. the person comes in and says, Rick, do I need to sign a contract? Do I need 10 meetings with you? I said, no. So I can just buy five reviews or a thousand? Yes. How do I do that? 
click answer, put a URL of what you want to review, swipe your credit card, and we're done. It blows people's minds, Carol. And so what we tell our investors and, and people that we're working with today is that that Amazon effect for services companies, B2B services companies, mm-hmm. it's here, it's coming. You're naive to think that you're going to continue to tell people, I need three or four meetings before they buy from you because they've already self-selected. You've mm-hmm. got friends, Carol, that have bought Teslas online, never driven the Tesla. You probably have friends that have purchased a home by going to realtor.com and watching the 360-degree video. I certainly wouldn't do that, but, but there are people oh, who do my that. Goodness, Carol, yeah. we can't buy a $1,000 survey from you unless we have three meetings. It's just ridiculous. So mm-hmm. Plum Shop has eliminated that and it allows people to self-select and self-educate. That's slick. So your most recent acquisition is Simplifield, as you had mentioned. You just, uh, I think you just closed that recently, didn't you? Yeah, about six weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, and they do, and that's workforce automation, yeah? So it, it how, is. how does that fit in with Feel Agent? Why did it make sense to acquire them? Yeah, so, so in, in most cases, people are looking at Field Agent as an opportunity to use a crowd of people because we crowdsource our data. And so you're saying, hey, I don't have access to these 1,000 locations. Can you go provide me information? There are other clients that have come in and said, hey, Rick, can we use your software with our agency, our employees, or our contractors? And that's just not what we do, Carol. What Simply Field does. So now imagine you're coming into a portal and you're saying, I need this information. I need 200 data points from my 200 salespeople, and I need the other 800 data points from Rick's crowd. You can see now that we're providing a much more holistic way to provide information because you want to efficiently use your current labor that you've already paid for, but you know you can't scale that. And so Simply Field comes alongside and provides an amazing opportunity for us to really allow our clients to pick the most efficient way to capture information at retail. Interesting. So I want to talk a little bit about your journey to where you are now and to entrepreneurship. Um, you know, you originally got your bachelor's in personnel and industrial relations with a minor, minor in econ. Um, and, you know, you've co-founded multiple startups, including North Star Partnering Group, Core 4 Research, and Join. Tell me a little bit about kind of your start coming out of school and what had you then take the entrepreneurial journey and then subsequently end up with field agent? Uh, you know, sure. You know, I grew up, I think we talked about this earlier that I, I grew up in Appalachia. Yes, we did. Uh, and so, but everybody and, else listening doesn't know that. <laughs> no one else knows that with Appalachia. <laughs> uh, and so I, I knew I wanted to get out of the area yeah. and to do something different. And through uh, the university of Kentucky, Procter and Gamble recruited there, mm-hmm. uh, was able to get an opportunity to work for what I would argue one of the, the best CPG companies in the world. Mm-hmm. And I started out in logistics product supply and my, my major personnel or industrial relations today would be considered um, people in culture, organizational effectiveness type yep. of degree yep. today. And PNG does a fantastic job of training and building you and turning you into a general manager of sorts. Right. It's about processes of managing people. Mm-hmm. And so as I grew and had multiple assignments and then uh, traveled overseas, my time in Asia really allowed me to see what it was like to take that power that I'd grown and learned in Cincinnati Mm -hmm. and take that into markets that weren't necessarily always third world, but it was was second. I mean, there Mm -hmm. were some opportunities there. And you just saw the light bulbs go off on these amazing, smart entrepreneurial people. And I brought processes in. So at that time in my career, all roads were leading back to the U.S. Uh, the company was offering an opportunity for some packages. Uh, my wife and I both worked for Proctor. We raised our hands and a couple other friends. And Carol, we use, and I, if people are listening to this, I want you to think about this, is that we use Procter & Gamble's package as angel money. <laughs> okay? Mm-hmm. So we each got about you know, a year's worth of salary. Mm-hmm. And so in today's world, Carol... Imagine leaving the company and then going out with your 10 cup, trying to get two or $300,000 of strings. Yep. P&G gave us an opportunity with zero strings. Fabulous. And so what we did is we then took the, the know-how that we had of being best in class, mm-hmm. customer team, customer facing. And we came to Northwest Arkansas, which is just south of Walmart. And there were 
hundreds and now thousands of vendor teams here. Right. And we brought that Procter & Gamble expertise and we brought it into this vendor world. And we started doing that work. And that was North Star. Wow. Uh, My wife ran the research for us. We called it Core 4 Research because we had four partners and she ran that. And then you fast forward, you know, it's an overnight success, right? You fast forward about nine years. And uh, this was before there were selfies. This Mm -hmm. is the pre-selfie era. Uh, We were trying to figure out how we could use the iPhone. It was the iPhone 3S at the time. So two (laughs) megapixel camera, it was the bomb. Right. (laughs) And so how do you use that phone to capture information in stores? Because Carol, we were literally traveling all over the U.S. Mm -hmm. doing research and shop-alongs and engagements right there in stores. Mm -hmm. And no one was doing that. And I was running five LLCs at the time. It was crazy. And we said, you know, if we don't create this tool that uses the smartphone with everyday people, we're going to be like the people that said they invented Instagram and they were just, "Ah, I didn't have time to do it. I'm going to go to a party and say, oh, I I did that. And they're like, no, you did. We don't want to be those guys. (laughs) So Carol, we literally worked nights and weekends again for about nine months and launched Field Agent in 2010. April, two months before Uber, the first app in iTunes that paid cash. And it was a tool for our research and marketing company. And after about a year, we said, oh my gosh, we can scale this thing. This is what we need to do. So we got rid of the other LLCs. I acquired my wife, rolled her research business underneath what we're doing and haven't looked back. What was it like? What, what, where was your aha moment on this technology? (laughs) And I think the, the, Everyone, but not everyone, um, remember the business world had Blackberries. Mm-hmm. The cool kids had Razor phones or flip phones. Right. iPhone was coming in. And the aha moment was, would someone actually send us a photo? Would they really do some, would they, would they, could a stranger talk to a stranger? And would you go to a store and give me a price or take a photo? And could I pay them? And not only did they do that, they're like, I'll do anything you want. Whatever you, I mean, it was this, it was crazy because at first we thought, okay, just really simple things. Then we started getting complex and Carol, the complexity was crazy, absolutely crazy. And people said, yes, 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 yes. And I was shocked, absolutely shocked. (laughs) That's amazing. That was the aha. People would do it. Yeah. You know, I always say that the lowest common denominator among successful companies, there's a lot more to do with it, but it's really the lowest, I think, common denominator is you're solving a problem that people need to have solved and they realize yes. they need to have it solved. So did do people think that this was a problem that they needed solving? Like, <laughs> yeah. And so there are, there are two things that are happening. I think we have two economies. Mm-hmm. So, so if you look at our ICP, you've got a client version. And we knew client needed information and insights from a store. We just talked about that. Yep. Well, now you're over here and you've got the everyday person saying, so I went from spending a couple hundred bucks for a phone and $10 a month to, I'm going to spend hundreds of dollars a phone for a phone and 30, 40, 50, a hundred dollars a month. And so the problem we're solving there is that people are like, wow, I can actually make a little extra cash. Now, again, 09 and 10 was on the tail end of this economic issue with right. the housing market, the crash. Right. right. And I could, I could give you stories of person A that needed some extra money for some groceries. I could give you person B that just wanted to take a cruise and needed some extra cash. And I could take you to person C that says, I lost my job and literally it helped me make it to the next time I could actually get some cash in mm-hmm. to help. So we were solving a problem where people, and if you Google us today, or you just Google anything that says, how do I make money with my phone? You'll get 10, 12, and we're always the top two or three that says, these guys aren't a scam, you can make money. And so the average person might make 50 bucks in a month, but we had a person last year make $15,000. In a month? No, in, in, not in, in a year. year. In increments of $5 right, here, right, $10 right. there. Well, you know, listen, that, that's a little extra income for somebody who needs it. It's better, you know, it's better than a sharp stick in the eye. <laughs> Absolutely. So that's when we knew we were solving two problems. We had a gig economy and Uber figured it. it out too. I wonder if people would use their own cars. They would. I wonder if they would deliver right. groceries. They will. Yeah. And we have the same economy over here. Well, and of course, listen, they've been delivering pizzas with their own cars for, you know, a hundred years. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, think about the legal uh, aspect of this. Our attorney said, 
I wonder if people will use their phones or if they're going to make you pay for their phone. Or do you think you have to pay for the data? Well, I wonder if you have to buy. And I said, no, no, no. It's just like somebody with their car. It's not going to matter. And Carol, people just use their own phone. No one's complaining about it. They make extra cash and they love it. It's a win-win. It is. I love it. Is there like, what's the competitive nature of your business? Is there any, like, what's your competition look like? Well, at first the, the competition was, uh, you know, two guys in a basement that worked for Yahoo that said, we're going to mimic it, but yeah, they didn't understand retail. So yeah. what happened is that they would raise 20, $60 million, crazy number, because they're going to be the next whatever. Yeah. Right. And so for years we had issues with people buying customers, uh, but to a person, mm-hmm. Carol, which is why we're still here is they didn't understand retail. They didn't really understand the right. problem we were solving. Yeah, CPG is, it's like one of those esoteric things. If you're not in it, you just don't get it. You don't get it. And we have some companies yeah. today uh, that we have a direct API mm-hmm. to their dashboard. Mm-hmm. So it's quality. It's ensuring the data is correct. And if you're just kind of a fly-by-night person, you know, if you're a major you know, billion-dollar corporation and you're using this data to make decisions, it can't just be fly-by-night. Yeah. So competition started to wane and then big people started getting into the space. And I'd say that the, the original premise of doing research, it is fairly easy for a research company to have some form of mobile data collection. Mm -hmm. It is really difficult for someone to get location-based data collection and QC it the way we do at scale. And so we still have competitors come and go in that area. So are you the 800-pound gorilla, basically? Well, I would say we're 800, but, uh, but well, we're, we're a decent figuratively size. Figuratively speaking. Well, yeah, I would argue we're the adult in the room. Yeah, so, okay. <laughs> adult in That's the room. who we are. Right, right. Well, you know, so, so looking at that, that, that gets me to thinking about, you know, back in the day, um, many people who are listening to this will, will know this story, right? I mean, the 800-pound gorillas in the in the storage space where IBM and um, I guess storage tech, right? Right. And, you know, this little startup out of Boston came out called EMC. <laughs> and everybody laughed at them, those 800-pound gorillas. Oh, they'll yeah. never put a yeah. dent in our business. And of course, everybody listening to this that knows that story knows how the how that story ended. Basically, with storage tech disappearing, <laughs> right, and, you know, right. IBM—they all got their asses kicked by EMC. Yeah. Um, so, looking at you know, you know, when you're when you're the adult in the room, as you want to say, you know, there's always going to be somebody saying, "I can do it better," and we want to kick their ass. How do you yeah. keep yourself from getting complacent? Because uh, that's it, what it, I believe they did, IBM and storage tech, when it came to EMC and arrogance. Oh, they can't. They oh, ha ha ha. They can never take our business. Famous last words. No one wants to be the, la- the next blockbuster, right? No one wants to be, you know, that. Right, exactly. I'll tell you a story on the other end. I'll tell you how we fight it. So the other end would be, uh, we went against billion-dollar companies for a piece of their business. And I can remember this one executive looking at me and he said, you'll never be able to get a housewife to take a phone into a store. She'll never know where the display is. And I looked at this guy and I said, they shop every day. They know the store better than That's you right. do. Never is a very no, strong they word. <laughs> you see, they won't know how to use the camera. Because remember, it was such a technology thing they wouldn't yeah. understand. Now, those same folks today have purchased some of our smaller guys, but kind of come in. So mm-hmm. what I tell our team is, because we have these two cohorts out there, the agent and the, you know, the client, yep. uh, we have to make sure that we stay in front of not only the technology piece, but also the practical part of what is the next problem we're solving. So mm-hmm. we evolved over the last two years where someone said, gosh, they'll capture data. They'll give me their opinion. Now do you think they'll buy it, try it, and post on social media? Now will they buy a product, try a product, and actually do a ratings and review? Right. So you see, so the ecosystem stays the same. We're evolving with more complex things as our agents trust us and our clients trust us. Mm -hmm. We're now broadening and we're one of the major providers of ratings reviews here in North America. Wow. Would you say that's like the biggest challenge you're facing right now is is making sure you you keep up with all of that? I I think that's part of it. The other aspect of it, we won't get into this particular time of the world with the economy and all the craziness happening there. I think think for us, it is... uh, 
making sure that people see us not as a novelty, right. but as an integrated way of providing information and data for them. Uh, mm-hmm. No one wants to be the, hey, when you have an emergency, I'll call you, which is what people do. Yeah. Or, hey, I'm going to need this once, twice a year is what they do. And so the biggest challenge we have is how do we become the normal <clears throat> day-to-day engagement? And for some of our products, it's easier. Ratings review, it's great. Mm-hmm. Every, every month we can do that. But you may only have two displays this year and I only need to audit stores twice. So then our challenge is, what do I do for those other 10 months out of the year when you're not using me? Mm-hmm. And that's, the, that's why we have to continue to broaden our product right. mix because people love using us. I need more things to sell. How do people find out about you? How do your, how do your customers, how do your prospects find out who you are and, or, and, and that they realize that they need you? Yeah, we have a decent funnel. We have a decent marketing funnel, so that's okay. good. I, but it still amazes me, Carol, how many people, when we meet them for the first time, saying, I've been in the industry 10 years. I had no idea you guys existed. Yeah, it, still, right. it blows my mind that our household penetration or corporate penetration is that small. Uh, so we do the, the normal industry events, things like that. But primarily for us, because people in CPG and retail, they never die. They just go to the next CPG or retailer. Right, right, right uh, exactly. Yeah. Word of mouth is fantastic yeah. for us. Uh, we have, no one ever stopped using us. If they stopped using us under logo A, that email address, they go to another location, they're going to use us again. Sure. Uh, I think, but for us, we're you doing things like this you know, on your show, mm-hmm. letting people understand that there's an economy out there that ecosystem that they're not aware of. Yeah. And so we spent the last 18 months doing as much exposure as we can because you had events and other things that dried mm-hmm. up over COVID. Right. And that's what we're doing today. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, you've said this word a couple of times, ecosystem, right? Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know if Apple's the one who created ecosystems, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, but, but for me as an Apple user, since I was in graduate school before the dark ages, um, well, you know, when I used my first Macintosh Plus and was introduced to, you know, who Apple really was, you yeah. know, to now, ugh, too many years later than I even want to admit, yeah. um, you know, I look at my life and, you know, there there is no panacea company. I mean, Apple's got its challenges in my personal opinion. Sure. I'd love, wish they'd be, you know, building iPhones here in the United States rather than in China right? With their horrible policies. But, you know, I look at, you know, my iMac, which I'm, you know, talking to you on right now. And, you know, I've got my MacBook and I've got my iPhone and everything works together seamlessly. Yes. And it makes for really, you know, life, you know, we have a lot of technology in our life. Life is complicated. And you know what, if this can make my life easier, then I'm, I'm really bought into that. You know, it's like a beautiful user interface. Really? Well, it is. It's a, it has to be frictionless. And I, we often tell our clients who really try to understand what we do. Yeah. And I said, it's sort of like electricity. You don't have to know how, how it works. works. <laughs> right. Okay. You just have to trust that it's safe. <laughs> and every time right. you turn that switch, it works. And I said, that's, that's right. what Field Agent does today. Mm-hmm. Don't get into the complexities of how we build jobs mm-hmm. and how people do things and how we can. What you have to understand is that when you click the button, the data comes in, it is safe and accurate, just like electricity. And they're like, oh, but I still want to know how it works. Yeah. And so that's kind of that ecosystem we're in today to say that more and more people crowdsourcing, more and more people using mobile phones to capture information. Mm-hmm. And we're almost to the point now to where I don't get those questions. It's, I love it's, it. it's reliable enough. They've had enough experience. I'm not having, you don't have to explain to me how it works. I just thought I'm going to get great data from you. Mm-hmm. So we're almost there there. So when a prospect comes along, Rick, um, and, and, and looks to, to use you for the first time, what have they been wasting their time and money on prior to coming to you? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a couple of things. One, if we, let's use the, the three kind of quadrants for me. If I look at quantitative information, uh, they're probably using a third party that they're paying $20, $30 an hour. Mm-hmm. And they want that third party to do high value added things for them, like stocking a shelf, changing the price, building a display. And while you're there, could you capture a couple of photos and answer this competitive information for me? So we come to them and saying, why would you spend 30 bucks for that when I'll do it for five or I'll do it for 10? They're like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. And not only are you saving money, they can take that valuable asset and we know labor is hard to find these days, take yes. your valuable asset, have them work on higher value things. 
and let us do the simple things. That's number one. Yeah, right. Quality, and the not quantity. Insights part of things we solve mm-hmm. is we talked about recall. Right. Is that, um, you know, I always do this joke with Facebook. And so you're, you're in this same, same world as that. When I talked to your crowd about Facebook, I said, all right, especially someone in their 30s. I said, when did you start using Facebook? They said, oh, you know, I was like 13, 14. <laughs> and I said, well, you know that every time you answer a piece of or a question or a survey on Facebook, the data is wrong. And they said, what do you mean it's wrong? I said, because when you signed up on Facebook, you started lying and you're all liars in this room. Everyone gets offended. I said, okay, remember when you logged into Facebook for the first time, the youngest age you could be was 18. So you all said you were 18. I didn't know that. And they're all like, yeah, I did lie. I said, have you changed the day? They're like, no. I said, so you're now 30, but you're showing up as 38 or you're showing up as 42. I'll be darned. I said, so the truth piece comes in. And so so I I use that joke to say our economy, okay, our ecosystem is amazing from a truth standpoint and I eliminate recall. And on the other side, for we're solving problems, um, you've got folks out there today that are doing random samples and they're feeding grandma mm-hmm. and they're giving random person A or B a sample. And I'm coming in saying, I'm going to send in your core consumer mm-hmm. and the core consumer is going to buy a product and try it so you don't have to ship it. You don't have to find out who they, you know, try to trace them down. And I can assure you that I'm going to send in your core consumer, female 18 to 35, as opposed to five samples getting sent to a bunch of dudes in an apartment complex, they throw them away. Right. So those are the kind of problems that our technology solves for people. That's really slick. So if you look back over the last, you know, 12 and a half years since you founded the company, what are some Uh of the mistakes you've made and why? And then, you know, how did you... Where did the epiphanies come along that, oh man, this is, I am just, this is not the way that I should be doing things or here's a mistake I'm making. And what have you done to correct those things? And I know that there's probably more than we have time to talk about. So, you know, pick a few highlights. <laughs> yeah, I think early on the, the best advice I was ever given, uh, and this is any entrepreneur listening, uh, and this is Dr. Stephen Graves that gave this to me, Steve Graves. Mm-hmm. He said, as an entrepreneur, you're only as good as you invoice and collect. <laughs> okay. If you can't do that, it's an expensive hobby. Yeah. When we first started, we, in hindsight, we probably would have, should have done something similar to the plum shop earlier mm. versus engaging as an agency for the years that we did. I think we could have pushed that sooner, but I don't know if, if everyone was ready for the click to buy. Mm-hmm. And, and in hindsight, I think we were probably two, three years too slow. Might, yeah. And that's okay. I mean, but yeah, it is what, but in hindsight, I think we had the idea. We thought we could do it. We just kept mm-hmm. waiting. We kept waiting and we all knew better. So that it was a little bit slow to market. And so I yeah. use the example of the you know, invoice and collect. When you're doing big projects, it's this statement of work and you get this mm-hmm. purchase order. And over here is credit card cranking. And so the invoice and collecting on credit cards could have been moved up sooner and would have changed the way we go to market today. And we're almost there, but it yeah. could have been sooner. Yeah. Um, I, I think another thing for us, um, as you think about, you know, scaling and dipping into the marketing world, I think we probably should have pushed into that sooner as well. We were a little bit late to the party. Mm-hmm. We we're much focused on data and insights, data and insights, mystery shopping. We have the data collection. And because we had the power of, you know, we have almost 3 million downloads and hundreds of thousands of active people, we probably should have jumped into the marketing world sooner mm-hmm. and really got into sampling and trial and writing some reviews. I, I don't say that we would, you know, be the Bizarre Voice today, but Bizarre Voice is a big machine. They started out early on. We're probably a little bit late there. So I think in general for me as a CEO, we were early with Field Agent. Drove it really fast, but you have to be selective as a CEO. You can't do all things for all people. But I think we're probably a little slower than we needed to be in a couple of those new, you know, approaches to business Mm -hmm. that I think we should have been more aggressive with. Yeah. From a leadership standpoint, you as a leader, what would you say some of the mistakes are that you've made? Yeah, for us, uh, I grew up in PNG, and PNG is always promote from within. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think there are cases that we probably could have. Uh, it's that again. Do you do you build it? Do you buy it or you lease it? Right. Uh, we did a ton of building, and we did a lot of leasing, but we didn't do a lot of buying when it came to 
technology and staffing. Mm-hmm. I think we probably would have purchased a few more modules than built on them ourselves. Yeah. And I think we probably could have not used third parties as much and probably could have hired, you know, higher caliber uh, folks that understood things, uh, whether it be QC or or uh, some of the some things we're doing in tech today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we figured we'd just build it ourselves. And my business partner, Henry Ho, always says that uh, nothing's easy, everything's hard, and it takes longer than you think. <laughs> right. So I think as a leader, I think I, I would have pushed a little bit harder on bringing in outside people and tech versus being more homegrown. But that's just kind of how I grew up in the leadership world. And I was probably a little slow to that. Yeah. Well, you know, it, like, again, live and learn, right? I mean, you know. Well, nothing what, wrong with it. It's just if I right. look at it, there's probably, I would have mm-hmm. had opportunities in a couple of spots to probably have turbocharged where we were. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. Is so, so you've got, you've got uh, somewhere north of a hundred employees now, correct? In that range. Yes. Yeah. 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 Tell me a little bit about, I mean, I think you started to allude to it a little bit, but tell me a little bit about your talent strategy and where you have and where you are currently, you know, finding challenges. COVID had um, an effect on every portfolio company that I've talked to or every CEO that I've talked to and that I could get Silicon Valley money and I could live in Denver. (laughs) Okay. And so from a tech talent standpoint, uh, we had a rough couple of years, even from a sales standpoint, I had a rough couple of years, just poaching, poaching, poaching. I think that's settled down. Mm -hmm. Uh, Folks that just wanted to go chase after that versus... Oh, people that were poaching out of your place. That's correct. Okay, got it. That's right. Sure. Uh, And so uh, it's that instead of recruiting and trying to convince someone from where you live or I live to go live on someone's couch in San Francisco, making a fortune. Mm -hmm. Now they're saying, don't live on the couch, live in your four bedroom, 3000 square foot home Mm -hmm. and I'll pay you a fortune, but you can live there. So that took people in our ecosystem and said, I can now do that. And so Mm -hmm. that was, that was tough for a period of time. Mm -hmm. I think from a leadership standpoint for us, uh, it's bringing in fresh perspectives. And we've learned a ton just in the last six weeks uh, with Simply Phil coming in. Uh, amazing tech team and what they're doing, mm-hmm. uh, their approach to uh, sales development reps and how mm-hmm. they kind of onboard mm-hmm. is completely unique to what we're doing. Awesome. Uh, so we're learning a ton from that as well. So those mm-hmm. are two areas. I think sales and tech from a leadership standpoint uh, that I'm learning a bit. And I think the other aspect of it, um, and this, I guess, gets to anyone in, in my role, is making sure that I'm staying fresh and I continue to learn. Uh, and our private equity firm has done a fantastic job of having in-person as well as monthly opportunities for me to engage other CEOs awesome. without my private equity firm listening. Mm. Well, we really talk about problems because uh, I can be honest with you, Carol, it can be lonely. Mm-hmm. And uh, you need to be able to say, I just don't know what I'm doing or I'm just not really sure or I think I'm making a mistake. And two other people say, no, keep going. or yeah, here's what's going to happen in six months. And that's not always easy to do. So from a leadership standpoint, for me, uh, I'm a little bit harder on myself than I have been trying, trying to learn and continue to grow. Uh, and that's really what I've been focused on over the last year. That's terrific. Is there any, um, would you say, outdated advice being disseminated in your industry, Rick? Outdated advice? Oh, that's a time. I'm normally, I could normally answer a question real quick. Let's see, outdated advice. Um, I got to come up with one or two of those. I think part of it is, um, I think in the people that are chasing the next raise, so you've got your Series A, you're chasing the B, or you've got your C, you're chasing the D. Yeah. Uh, There was a point in time, even as little as two or three years ago, you go chase, chase, chase all you want to. Uh, I think that advice is outdated. And I think controlled growth, if you've heard the rule of 40, is a, hey, don't worry how much money you're losing as long as you're growing by plus 40%. <laughs> I think those days are gone. And you have to have some yeah. idea on how to at least be in the black or have some green in the EBITDA range. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm honest, Carol, two, three years ago, no one cared. They really didn't care. So I think it's outdated even as of today. So I, I'm talking with my peers and we're using terms like controlled growth. I'd rather have a good solid 30, 40% growth that's not crazy and I'm, my expenses are within ra- ra- right. reason as opposed to 
getting 70. Now, I'm not saying if you could get a 300% growth, don't go do that. But I mean, but the difference between 40 and 50 or 60 and one's controlled and healthy and one's not, I think you have to worry about that today. And I don't think you worried about it two or three years ago. Why do you think that is? Well, I think money has changed. Um, mm-hmm. FTX, pick a thing, right? I mean, there's, there's people getting burned a little bit here or there. And uh, I think through COVID, people are looking for smarter, better deals versus just the latest SaaS deal that's out there. Yeah. And uh, we've had, I've had enough friends that are just like, man, I burned through the money and I thought it would be so easy. And now I'm going to get killed on valuation. And if you're a founder, no one wants to get killed on valuation. That's and right. so I think everyone's a little gun shy right now. Now, yeah. Carol, two years, it could change again. Who knows? Well, you but know, I, I, I find that, that we often have very short memories. Um, and, and I think that is not a plus, frankly, having a short memory. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, I, I remember when they had the baseball strike, whenever that was a number of years ago, how angry everybody was, but you know, sure didn't keep them away when it was over. People were still happy to put, you know, you know, over, what did I just see? Uh, was it yesterday at the gym? So, was it the Yankees? Who'd the Yankees sign for $360 million? Some crazy. I know. I thought, crazy. are you joking? I mean, this is, I know. you know, this goes back to, uh, what's his name? George, um, uh, Steinbrenner's days. Yes. We was just playing obscene amounts of money. And I'm just thinking to myself, you know, this is one more reason that I cut my satellite like 13 years ago. <laughs> I don't want my well, money well, going well, into those pockets, <laughs> right? And so the advice comes back, Andy, especially if you, you again, you, you're, to your earlier point, you're solving a problem, right? you've got a company, you can grow, mm-hmm. and all of your friends are getting crazy series A, B money. Why wouldn't I go chase that? And I said, you have to be careful. And, you, and you've seen the stats yourself. And yeah, if you, of course. you go Google this is what it's like, something like, 10% of the startups can get to a million dollars and like 4% can get to 10 and like 4.4% can get to That's over right. 20. It, it drops and from there. Just, and then mm-hmm. everyone thinks, oh no, I'm just going to raise this crazy money. And anyway, I think that's older advice. I think it's going to be different today. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not saying that you have to be an EBITDA business. I'm, listen, we're, we're spending every dime we make. Yeah, because we're wanting to grow, mm-hmm. but I but I have a different attitude than I would have had three or four years ago. Yeah, yeah. Tell me a little bit about your company culture. Yeah, well, we I'd love to argue it's fun, okay, for a fun culture. Uh, but for us, we're we do a good job of integrating faith at work or bringing the total person into work. Uh, and so by doing that, we're telling people that you shouldn't have to leave work before you spend time with your family. You shouldn't have to leave work before you give back to the community. And so our company culture is, hey, if you're wanting to go help serve a, at a soup kitchen, uh, why don't we work it out so you can do that from 11 to 1 on Thursday? And then, Carol, when you want to work next week and you mm-hmm. want to go help do something with blankets, I'll back you up when you're gone, mm-hmm. as opposed to have this mentality of, well, I guess I work eight to five and I'll have to take time away from family mm-hmm. to go do good, if you will. And that's that whole person, that faith and giving back aspect of things. So the culture is there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other aspect of our culture, um, part of it is kind of the ecosystem we live in here today, especially in Northwest Arkansas, uh, is that it's a very much a family feel to it. Now, the downside mm-hmm. of that is when things don't work out, it's tough. Mm-hmm. from a family standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've got a team of people here that are working the right amount of hours and the right amount of time and with complete flexibility and autonomy to know that when they need time to go to a kid's, you know, show. All game, whatever. Yeah, right. Have complete you know, flexibility to make that work. So mm-hmm. the whole person in is something we've done from day one. Yeah. And it has its pluses and minuses. But I think my team would have articulated something similar is that I feel I can be completely me mm-hmm. and I don't have to check out in between the eight to five, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then for me to have that complete me, I know I also have to sacrifice because when Carol wants to do X, I've got to back her up. And right. so that's how we kind of ebb and flow a little bit at Field Asia from a culture standpoint. Yeah. So you have you have a, a leadership verse that is not... Uh which you say a little bit differently than I do. It's the same thing. You say, stay within your rails, head north, and do not look to the left or right. I always say, stay in your lane, (laughs) right? I know what I'm good at, and those are the things that I do. (laughs) You know, the things that are outside those that lane for me, right, that are on the other side of the gutters, 
are things that I'm just, you know, I, I, I got to go find an expert to do that because I'm yeah. not going to, I'm not going to even attempt because I'm going to probably fail or do a really shitty job of it. Right. Well, let me tell you how mine's a little different. Yeah. Here's how mine's a little different is that, um, think back to when you grew up and you can think back to a community that had a single lane road yeah. and that road then went to a two lane road. Yeah. They didn't went to a three lane yeah. with a passing in the middle. Now it's yep. four. Yeah. It's still the same lane. And so I tell our team is that the rails are very finite, but they can be moved out and they can get broader and broader. Mm. So field agent is here. We started out quantitative. We went to qualitative. We went mm -hmm. to mystery shopping, mm -hmm. all still within the same lane, but we didn't go chase the shiny object and start a whole new highway. Right. So that's where I'm saying, be careful with that left and right and chasing shiny objects. But if not, you'll die. And you asked me this question earlier, how do you stay fresh? How do you keep growing? Yeah. If I just stayed on that one lane road, everyone's going to buy, the, the bypass is going to go around my city, right? That's right. Because no one's going to go through the one lane road. That's right. But I don't need 10 lanes going through. Mm -hmm. And that's how I keep telling our team, I'm flexible enough to bend the road, but we are not going to go start three new things. We're not because we're really good at what we do. Yeah. Got it. Um, Rick, did, did uh, COVID uh, require you to adjust how you were doing business? I, it, it did. And uh, is, that, is the, anything permanent now that you've changed? Let's look at the business model. The business model itself didn't change per se. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if we're ever going to get all of the mystery shopping research type of business back that we had because mm -hmm. people were less concerned about what happened in store because they can't stay in stock and no one came to stores. I mean, so sure. that, I'm not sure how we're going to grow that back. So that whole segment just... Mm -hmm. just struggled for a period of time. I think the hybrid work thing is, is here to stay. I, uh, I could argue in some cases it has all kinds of issues with it. In other cases I can see positives. So yeah. for our team, uh, we tell us, let's say it's three days in the office with your team. So Carol, if you, if you want to come in on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, if your team wants to be there Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you're going to come in Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, your team has to make a decision because I'm not, I'm not punishing you by making you come to the office. I'm saying we're better together. Yeah. And then those mm -hmm. other two days, you could still work at the office or you could work anywhere remote, whatever you need to do. Right. I think the hybrid thing is going to stay there. It's going to yeah. ch change for I a agree. period of time. Uh, well, the difficulty in, in Rick's opinion, if I was uh, in certain firms and I'm trying to figure out how to be the next VP or next partner and I want to work remote, I think we have learned pretty quickly that we can do work remote. It is difficult to lead. And it is difficult to be the leader you need to be without being around the leaders you're going to replace. Mm -hmm. So I think you're going to have a whole wave of people upset that they're not the next partner, that they're next, not the next VP, because they were in Denver, in California, on the beach, doing amazing work, but someone else was there around and yeah. available, and mm -hmm. they're going to get those opportunities. Mm -hmm. And I think that's going to be the downside for folks. They're not going to they're not going to accept why they didn't get the strike. And I'm going to tell them it's really hard to know how to lead and, and manage without being around the ecosystem that you need to be in. You'll still get paid well. Mm -hmm. You'll be really, really successful. Mm -hmm. But I think that's going to come in. And I don't know how long that's going to take for folks to realize that. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll circle back in a few years and see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. If, 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 if you talk to folks that do like the, uh, even like the private equity guys or like yeah. the big consulting firms. Yeah. They're like, well, I just did these three deals. And so, well, yeah, but I, I wasn't there for those three big deals. I know you weren't, but Carol was and Carol was here and she, she experienced it and she went out to dinner and did this. Yeah, but that's not fair. I said, well, but you wanted to be in Denver and the dinners were in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's not fair that I didn't get exposed to all that. I said, okay, but you're making a choice to be an amazing that's, worker. That's exactly right. You're making a choice and people have to realize, you know, I say that all, you know, people say, well, I didn't have a choice. Of course you did. Yes, you did. The choice that you made that you thought wasn't a choice was a choice. Yep. And, you know, a lot of that is being accountable, right? Uh -huh. For the, for the yeah. choices and the decisions that you do actually make. We always yep. have a choice. So we'll see right. what happens. That, yeah. That's that's my biggest yeah. concern for yeah. some people. They're a little bit naive to think mm -hmm. everything's going to be the same and I can just go over here. And I, I think it's a little naive, but we'll see. Yeah. 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 I mean, listen, I, you know, I've been working from home since 2002, so almost 21 years now. And um, I love it. And I also don't love it. And, you know, I love the opportunity to go out and get in front of my clients as often as I can mm -hmm. because I Absolutely. love to be in front of people. <laughs> yep.
So um, if somebody listening to this is thinking, oh, I really love what this company's up to, I'd, I'd be interested in maybe, you know, investigating working for them. What should they do? Listen, I'm a LinkedIn person, so you can always chase me down on LinkedIn, which okay. is, you know, Rick West. I'm the field agent guy there. Um, again, thinking about our ecosystems, if you're trying to make a couple extra bucks, listen, download the app, make some money. Like I love it. App list is fantastic. Easy yep. button. Just download yep. the app. It's easy. On the client side of things, you're really trying to investigate things. Uh, go to Plum Shop and just have your Amazon eyes on and come in and just shop and just experience it and engage. If you don't see what you want, chat with someone or you can still click a button and we'll talk to you. We're not going to not talk to you. Mm -hmm. We can still talk to you. We have one of our team engaged. So Plum Shop is the best way to go look at all the products that we have today. Fantastic. Well, great. Is there anything that uh, we haven't covered that I haven't mentioned that you want to uh, talk about before we sign off here? Yes, we have uh, launched a podcast. Hey, ah. yeah, it's called Push Go. Okay. Uh, and I have been working uh, with people over the last 20 or so years and I'm helping them tell their stories of defining moments in their life that have impacted their careers or their mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. And would love to fo for folks to check out Push Go. Okay, well, there you go. There, there's a little bit of freebie uh, advertising for you. Thank you. The very end. Okay. Well, Rick West, co-founder and CEO of Field Agent. Thank you so much for being with me. This was a really great conversation and thanks for your time. It was my pleasure, Carol. Look forward to next time. Thank you for listening to Authentically Successful. If you are a successful founder or CEO who would like to be on this program, please visit verticalelevation.com slash podcast slash apply. If you learned something from this interview and it made a difference, please share it on LinkedIn or Twitter. You can also do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend. And if you know of someone who would be a great guest, tag them on LinkedIn or Twitter to let them know about the show and include the hashtag authentically successful. I love seeing your posts and great suggestions. Lastly, we are regularly putting out new episodes and content. And to make sure you don't miss any episodes, please subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to our website, verticalelevation.com or follow me on LinkedIn. This is Carol Schultz. Thanks again for listening and see you next time.